When you have a flexible and powerful platform to run your business, the value is not just in optimizing what you're already doing, but in exploring new possibilities. This is the first of a three-part series of Future Proofs, where Inception CEO Farzad Dabachi talks about one of his favorite topics, the exploration of what he calls white spaces. Innovation thrives in white spaces. Sometimes exploring white spaces is about creating a new product or a new product category. Sometimes it's actually doing fewer things than competitors, but making what you do very simple and very fast. So white space to me, actually in capitalism, we talk about it also in niche. They're the same thing, which is you take a marketplace or you take a product and you start categorizing it in a fine enough of fashion to say what parts of this categorization are not catered to. And a classical MBA model, that's a niche market. I'm going to go after this niche market. In the broad sort of business as a whole, we could talk about it as a white space, right? Mm -hmm. A space that's valid, but is not serviced. Mm. Uh, that's really the way I think about it. Uh, the not serviced part is very easy to figure out. The not valid part is harder to figure out. Is it valid or is it not valid? Mm -hmm. And you know, Silicon Valley calls that validity product market fit. Um, it's a misnomer though, product market fit, because it implies that you know markets. White space to me is much better than product market fit because you have essentially analyzed a product set or a group of offerings and you've said people need these things, but these niches within those needs are not being offered. Um, so for a company like our commerce partners, it implies essentially focus on why is it that people buy from you? There's this uh, very interesting exercise for business meetings where you walk in the meeting and you discuss the topic of the meeting. And the first question to be asked is who's the customer? So you direct all of your energies to what does that customer want and why would they want this? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think niches are perfect that way. Who's the customer, right? Can you find the right customer for this? Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole class of marketing sort of nomenclature and jargon around, you know, bleeding edge, leading edge and a normal customer and white spaces. You want to go after the bleeding edge, right? You want to, you want to explain to that leading edge customer that he can satisfy something that they've always thought they wanted, but they didn't know that they want. There's two parts to this. There's the vendor or the supplier, but there's also the customer. Does the customer know that that white space is interesting? Hmm. Right. Um, Steve Jobs sort of contribution to mankind was the customer is never smart enough to know that white space exists mm -hmm. because that's not, that's not where they play. They are being satisfied today, however, being they're being satisfied. Mm -hmm. So white spaces is really then ultimately an education of your customer base about what is possible and actually delighting them with that possibility. And then if you can delight them with the possibility, then you've satisfied the white space and generally you do very well. 
and if you go back to you know the uh, the iPod or you go back to the portable computer you go back to all of these things people didn't know so you delighted them with what they didn't know and they were very excited to be participating in purchasing that product and so on and so forth yeah yeah gosh the iPod such a good example I, I remember the guy that covered Apple when I was at Business Week came back from the press conference about the iPod and he walked in and he goes oh this is really cool you know this thing is gonna hold you know, uh, it, this can hold 400 songs and, um, you know, you can just carry it around your pocket and blah, blah, blah. And, and I remember somebody, one of the other reporters said 400 songs. Why would I ever need that many? <laughs> right? uh, here we are, yeah. You know, and here we are, they, we were, once we got educated, it was like the world songs you can access. And then you get mad cause you can't find this little tiny obscure one. Right. So what are some other examples would you say? I mean, of course, you could argue all of Silicon Valley is about exploiting white space in a way, but what are your favorite stories of white space that you've uh, seen? Uh, I was a buyer of one of the earliest cell phones in, in Silicon Valley out of Motorola. Um, and at the time, a cell phone was nothing other than a phone. That was sort of how it was marketed essentially so uh my number and i will ever rem I'll always remember the number is 9990460 and i actually had a salesperson show up to my office personally to sell me the cell phone and this is uh, i want to say 91 92 and it was several thousand dollars expensive and all the rest of it i asked him i said wow that's an interesting number why is that number he said well our projection is in the next few years the total number of cell phone users in the in the Bay Area will not be more than 9,999. <laughs> That's why 9990460. So I was the 460th recipient of a cell phone in the Bay Area. So that's a great one where the product, it works, right? But what else can it do? Right. So if you present the cell phone to the end user, the end user sees it as a device that they use today except, hey, it's mobile, I can take it anywhere, I can do anything with it. It's the question of what else does that allow you to do, right? Mm -hmm. So we've, with cell phones, we've effectively walked this white space constantly, right? Mm -hmm. Into the place now where it completely has everything we need in our hands, right? And it is starting to have the same problem as everything else in that it's the answer to everything, <laughs> which was, Back in the day, was the answers computers was the answers to everything, right? And right. then it it was heavily burdened. So white space that's a great example because the end user doesn't know, and the notion of a competition is weird, right? Because if you fast forward from Motorola, everyone knows they should have been in the in the phone business. They were in the phone business. They created the first fantastic cell phone. All of that worked. But then the owner of all phones today is Apple, which had no connection to that, right? White spaces are like that. Connections are made where no connection is known. The other thing that's very important for white space for companies is to not actually be labor competition. Because one of the things that happens with competition is that you're reinforcing your own issues. You're not thinking outside the box, right? So. White space, the biggest excitement with white space is what if or what else? It's not what is today. So I know in the context of Inception, I always tell 
product managers and product developers, I don't care what the competition is doing. Mm-hmm. Because to be thinking about what the competition is doing is to be thinking about something else that somebody else has already gone down the road of. What else is there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's actually very relevant to all aspects of business, all different functions of business, the white space notion, mm-hmm. to be doing things differently than they were done before. Thank you for listening to Future Proof. Be sure to check out part two of our conversation on white spaces, which is about the opportunities lurking in adjacencies. To learn more about Inception, please visit us online at inception.com.